Welcome to Shooting It with Matt Langle. I'm Matt Langle, men's basketball coach at Colgate University. Uh, appreciate all you out there taking the time to listen to this podcast uh, created to help me become better, better basketball coach, better man, uh, through the conversations that I'm able to have with our guests. So enjoy it uh, like I do. Thanks again for taking the time to listen. Here we go. Uh, thanks to all the listeners checking back in with us. Uh, privilege for me today. Uh, we've had a number of great guests on the show, uh, media personalities, other coaches, uh, former athletes, athletic trainers, uh, touched on a variety of uh, topics today. Uh, special for me because uh, I will have my f- uh, first former player or a guy that I was able to coach uh, in-, in my tenure. Um, maybe not the most accomplished player, uh, certainly not the most athletically gifted player. Um, one of the guys that I'm really proud of uh, to say that I've coached, uh, I, I feel privileged that he's been receptive to uh, continuing to be part of my life. Uh, Khalif Wyatt is home in the Philadelphia area right now, uh, recovering from injury as he continues his professional career, so he's able to join us. Uh, this young man still, although he's, he's much older than when we first got started uh, a decade or so ago, um, uh, he is one of the all-time leading scorers in Temple University uh, history. He had one of the great single seasons in his senior campaign, Player of the Year in the conference, has uh, gone on to make a, a successful professional career for himself. Uh, but what I'm most proud of of Khalif is is not his basketball accomplishments, but how he's been committed to continuing to grow and develop as a person. Uh, I think often in coaching, um, you know, it's we're often judged on our ga- our, our wins and losses and uh, what's done on the court. But most coaches are in this uh, for that, uh, for the development of young people. So, Khalif, thanks for taking some time out of your busy day to uh, join us and and shoot it for a while. Yep, yep, no problem. Thanks for having me, Coach Langle. Uh, Leaf, I'd like to take you back to uh, actually where you are right now at home in Norristown. Uh, you've, you grew up outside of Philadelphia, obviously uh, um, not the best of um, uh, of situations for, for young people to grow up, a little bit of an inner city environment. Uh, often uh, uh, young people in your neighborhood don't have everything that other kids uh, even in the in the suburban Philadelphia area or even in other parts of Philadelphia have. Um, so while you battled through a lot as a young person, um, you also had a pretty significant support group. And as I reflect back to the recruiting process in your early stages, uh, you had some uh, some people in your life, Coach Fink and Jay Mack and uh, your mother and sister and brother. Uh, as you look back at those times, your early years, uh, high school, maybe even before high school, are, are there specific things that you would say, you know, if you were talking to a young person uh, that you learned or that you got from from that group of people uh, that you would say are extremely valuable to search for for a young person trying to um, trying to make it in the world of basketball? Uh, definitely. Uh, well, from just from my mom and my sister, well, from my immediate family's perspective, they uh, they made it real easy on me. Like they made me like they they try to take care of everything like outside of basketball so so really like when I was coming up it wasn't like it was hard but but you didn't even really notice it because like they were everybody was everybody always had my best interest at heart and they just they just all wanted me to be successful so I mean I would just I would just give those people credit for for allowing me to be able to focus on basketball and allowing me to, uh, you know, just chase my dream without really, without, without like a lot of outside distractions. They did, they did a good job of keeping that stuff away from me. 
Yeah, so as I remember, your your mom and your sister, and this is the coach in me and how I coach you, they spoiled you, uh, much like much like my immediate family uh, took care of me. And I like to, you know, not, not spoil in a bad way as if it went wrong, but, you know, they made sure that you, uh, you had everything you needed, whether it was, you know, the clothes that you wore or the food that you ate or that you weren't having to worry about any of those things on your own or the look elsewhere, that they always took care of you in that regard. Um, how about how about the coaching influence? Uh, I know Jay Mack was a, a mentor. Julius took care of you. He got you places. He helped teach you uh, important parts of the game and uh, maybe the influence of some of your other uh, Norristown coaches and people in the area that helped you maybe realize uh, the player that you could be. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, my first coach was a uh... – my first coach that really thought I was really good at basketball and really thought I had a good chance was like sixth grade. His name was Michael Curlew, and he, uh, he had a team called the Narstown Knights. And we used to like travel all around, like little tournaments all around the area, all around Philadelphia area, Jersey, Delaware. And he was like the first guy who like you know, like took me places and like you know told actually told people like this kid can be good like. And then after that, it was J-Mac, because my, my coach, Mike Curler, who he actually, he was Jamaican, and he actually got deported and uh, going into my ninth grade year. So, and like, I haven't seen him since then. But since that, since he got deported, J-Mac was, uh, he was like next up. He was pretty good friends with, with Mike Curlew, and J-Mac really like took me under his wing, and he, uh, he, was, a, he was a coach at Norristown High School. He was an assistant coach. And uh, yeah, J Mac he did everything like he did everything from from take me take me places to make sure I ate, always made sure I was in the gym and kept me focused. Him along with my brother and my sister and my mom, they were it was like, yeah, they all they all played a part in and get me even to be a high school varsity player. Like so it was a process even getting getting to that point. Okay, so you make it that far, and you you had some success at Norristown, uh, certainly individually as a player, accomplished scorer in high school, um, and then the recruiting process starts. You, you played for a prolific uh, AAU team, uh, and uh, you know we're on the circuit and making the rounds, and then uh, you know the recruiting happens. Uh, what can you reflect back about your recruitment, uh, maybe prior to ultimately the decision to go to Temple? My freshman year, I, I know I didn't play varsity. I didn't. I played freshman, and I know I wasn't recruited. And my sophomore year, I actually uh, I started the first three games of the season varsity. I was leading the team in scoring, and then going into the fourth game of my sophomore year, my uh, the coach at the time was Binky Johnson, and going into the going into the fourth game of my sophomore year, he actually. He took me off the team, so he said that I was. Uh, this is not true, by the way. This is, <laughs> this is not true. He said that I. Uh, I was walking around. I, I just had twenty. We just played against Lamar Patterson and McCaskey at McCaskey, and I just had. Uh, I forget how many points. I think it was like twenty-five or twenty-six or something like that. And uh, we beat them there. And this was my sophomore year. And uh, so the next day, he says that. They, they they say I don't know who said that I was like walking around school like boasting like like I was this big like hot shot or whatever and so coming into practice that day he had like a, I don't know like like a problem that I didn't know about and yeah he kicked, I didn't play any more varsity games for the rest of my sophomore year after after leading the team and scoring for the for the first three games so I played the rest of the year on JV. So that was a pretty humbling experience, uh, and it was like, I don't know, like it was a, a crossroad, really, like what to do. Like, do I want to leave school? Do I want to leave this school? Do I want to keep playing basketball? Stuff like that. Right. But uh, I stuck with it. Uh, J Mac was J Mac was a big part of that, and uh, and actually the guy, the coach who kicked me out of the team, was a, he ended up being a big part of it, even though at the time he was absolutely wrong. <laughs> but, but yeah, so 
so now I'm a sophomore. I'm going into my junior year, and uh, the same coaching staff is there who just kicked me off the team. But now it's just like a it's a new attitude, I guess. It's like a new, fresh start, and we end up having a a great. My senior year we were like great. Like we were, we lost two games. We lost two games. They were both to Chester. They're both to our lair, my future college teammate. Uh, yeah, we went 32 and two. Uh, I was the leading scorer on the team, and it was a good year. So that summer, Julius Matt he ended up being an assistant coach with Team Final. So, along with him came me, and <laughs> I uh, yeah had a good summer. I got play alongside play alongside Dion and uh, Lamar Patterson, and I don't know. It's a great summer for me. I got to play against like all the top talent. Got to go to Peace Jam, and that that summer was an experience for me, just as far as playing against top level competition and really seeing how I measured up. And I had a pretty successful summer. I was doing what I do and and yeah, the summer concluded with with an offer from Temple and long after the offer from I mean not long after the offer from Temple I committed to Temple. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting now as you reflect on things, how significant that that setback of your sophomore year of high school and how vividly you remember it, even if you don't remember, you know, agreeing with it at the time, but yet even at that time in your life. And and I think this is where I reflect back to the significance of your family and your support group. Um, you, You didn't quit. You didn't run away. You didn't transfer schools. You know, a lot of guys in today's day and age, not that you're very old or even that I'm very old. They they they'll change schools multiple times because things don't go well, uh, or they'll change AAU teams because things don't go well. Um, and, and it's it's interesting that you look back and as I asked about recruitment, that you go to that year um, to say that's kind of where your opportunity to be recruited started because of of that. Uh, bump in the road. As I reflect on recruiting, and I don't know how much I've ever shared this story with you. Um, you know, at the, at the time when I was an assistant coach there at Temple and, and uh, in, in your era, as you talk about Dion Waiters, uh, who is your AAU teammate, uh, uh, Lamar Patterson, the, um, the guys uh, who was uh, also a Philadelphia area recruit, uh, go back to uh, a little bit before that, Bradley Wanamaker, a, a lot of those guys were leaving the area to go to college, um, you know, to go play in the, in the ACC or the Morris Twins to go to Kansas or uh, a lot of those kind of times. So recruiting, um, you know, in Philadelphia, the Philadelphia schools weren't really able to recruit the top tier uh, players in Philadelphia at that time. Um, I, I don't know how much, again, we've shared, you and I have talked about this, but our, our number one target uh, in your recruiting class um, was a perimeter player who happened to be a high school teammate of Lavoy Allen uh, and ended up being a college teammate uh, of yours, uh, Dalton Pepper. And, uh, you know, we uh, had kind of focused on Dalton and and put all our eggs in in Dalton's basket to try and get him to come to Temple. Uh, It's so funny how recruiting works. Uh, Dalton chose to to leave the city to go uh, to go uh, to West Virginia ultimately before he ended up transferring back. Um, And when he did that, we kind of had it look for the next guy. And, um, you know, I I, uh, we, we knew your situation and Coach Johnson and the team final guys. And, um, you know, my recollection is that, um, I, you know, I don't know if you know this, but I called somebody who I trusted dearly who's no longer with us in John Harnett. And, and I don't know how much you, how well you ever knew John. Um, but in talking about what we were looking for, John said, Matt, I think that Khalif Wyatt is a guy that you really need to focus on. He's got some deficiencies. Uh, and we'll get to those later there, Khalif. But uh, he said, I think he really can score, and, and I think he'd be a really good fit in the way Coach Dunphy likes to play, uh, and he really knows how to play the game. He's a good basketball player. So I, I think that was pivotal uh, for me to then go to Coach Dunphy and say, hey, um, you know, he, he's not as big, he's not as strong, he's maybe not as athletic as Pep was at the time, uh, but we need to take a good hard look at, at – at Khalif and coach did and he he saw some things in you that he that he really really liked and I, I don't know if you remember this I remember you visiting with your sister uh, and J Mac 
and your sister's car got like broken into or something, didn't it? Yeah. So, you know, she's coming, picking you up in Norristown and bringing you down, and, and her car got broken into. And again, as an assistant coach on a visit, you just want everything to go well, right? Like you want you want things to go smooth and, and nothing bad to happen. And, and here I'm saying, oh, man, her her car's broken into. She's going to go back, and, and she's going to – and Khalif's mom's not going to feel comfortable with him coming to Temple – uh, coach decided to offer you a scholarship, and I, I think, like, literally within two days, you had said, "Hey, I'm I'm coming on board." And that, you know, whole recruiting process couldn't have taken more than like two weeks. Uh, in today's day and age, sometimes it takes like two years to recruit a kid. So, uh, I, th I think it's amazing that you know it all worked out how it did, and and you end up being as good of a player as Coach Dunphy is, as successful a player as Coach Dunphy has been able to coach during that time. It's it's kind of funny the way recruiting works. Um, so you start your freshman year, and uh, I I'll be curious to th to uh, hear your thoughts as to how it met your expectations. Um, you know, I, I know I know the result of your first year wasn't what you wanted or what you expected, but uh, what were your thoughts going into that year? And then you know, kind of walk the the listeners out there how, how that first year went because I think everybody looks back and says, "Oh man, here's Atlantic Ten Player of the Year." Guys, 13th all-time scoring uh, at, at you know one of the most winning programs in the history of the NCAA. Man, well, he had a great career. But why don't you share a little bit about that first year and what you thought it was going to be like versus what it was really like and, and how it all went down? All right. So to do that, I'll go to, to right when I so – the reason why I committed to Temple like so fast is because like I just had this – well, Deontay Christmas was at Temple before I got there. And he was scoring. He was scoring like crazy, and it looked really, really good. It looked really, really like I'm like, hey, if I could, like, if he can do that there, like, I could possibly do that there, and that would be like amazing. So, uh, so now I'm a freshman at Temple, and. I don't know. I just I, I'm coming in. With, I'm coming in with the wrong attitude. I'm coming in with. I, I think I know everything. Uh, um, I mean, um, I, I think I'm working hard, but not working as hard as I can. And, and there's a, there's some older guys in front of me. Um. Mm, the freshman year was—it was seemed like it was long, like it was a long year of just not really playing and not of a lot of practice and not really playing in games. And but uh, overall, from the year, what I got from it was just—it was I learned a lot. I learned a lot about myself. Uh, I always, I always thought like during practices I was. Kind of like trying to treat it like games. I was always trying to like on a score, like on a scout team. I remember being on a scout team some days and in practice and not and like really scoring the ball a lot. <laughs> uh, but like I was, I was trying to have fun with it that way. But it definitely wasn't that fun of a year for me. But it was, it was a learning experience, and I mean. It, it helps shape the rest of the next three years. So. Yeah, I, I think your your uh, your perspective is is significant. I mean, the, you played in ten games, I think, in your freshman year. So you know, here here you are. You you scored sixteen over sixteen hundred points in your career, and in your freshman season, you scored five. Um, and I, I think that, again, I don't know if I've ever told you this. Well, we have talked about part of this story. Going into our, our first game, I think we played at Delaware. If, if I don't know if you remember this game, right? Uh, yeah, at Delaware. And going into the game in the in the office earlier in the week, we had talked about, you know, every staff meeting, you talk about your roster and how guys are developing and, you know, what they need to work on and where they are in coach's mind and the rotation and, um, when it got to you, I, I brought to the table the concept of maybe redshirting you. Um, that's saying that, um, you know, just that there, you were going to have a chance to be a good player. But like you said, there were some other guys in front of you and, 
you know, maybe it would be best that you, you weren't, you did have a lot to learn still. And uh, while your skill on the offensive end was pretty good, like the conditioning aspect and how hard you have to work every single day in all aspects of your life, not just on the court, but, um, you know, being responsible and on time and, you know, doing well in the classroom and trying your best in the classroom and, um, you know, all of those things weren't, weren't things that you adjusted to uh, the fastest. And so we threw that idea out there, and, and Coach Dunphy said, yeah, yeah, I, I kind of like that idea. I'll think about it. And we're playing at Delaware, and I think we, we were up a ton of points, right? Like we, we blew them out. And next thing I know is you're sitting down on the bench uh, towards the end of the bench, and, and Dunphy yells down to you, Khalif, get in there, get in there. And so you jump up like any player does and run to the bench. And I just remember looking at the rest of the staff, like what what happened to what we talked about the other day in the office? Can't imagine, I don't know if you've ever talked to Coach about this, but your six, 1,650 points with five your freshman year could have been like uh, top five in Temple history if uh, if he had, had taken that year and and sat you on the bench the whole year. But then again, maybe you wouldn't have learned everything that you learned during that season. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I definitely, I heard it before, like you should have registered your freshman year and stuff like that. But, I mean, yeah, I can't really put too much thought into it. But, yeah, I always, I, I, I did think after my senior year, if I would have had another <laughs> year left, that things could have been a little different. But yeah. It all happens for a reason, and it certainly worked out well for you. Um, the the thing that we uh, we don't talk to too many people about Khalif is the I think it was that year, um, the last time we played one on one, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I haven't shared this with that many people, but I would like to go public just if you could share with the the. The global audience out there. I know you've got people in Israel who will be listening to this, and you know people all across the country. Like the last time you and I played one on one, what 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 happened? <laughs> so it was, this was my this was my sophomore year, and uh, I was coming back from uh, I was coming back from uh, my godbrother had just passed, and I had missed practice, so. That night, uh, I had to, I came back and we had a practice. It was just me and you, <laughs> and uh, at Leah Core Center. Then we had a game the next day. I was gonna, I think I was gonna start or something. Juan was hurt or something or Juan, I don't know. Yeah, I think that's right. He had like a concussion or something that that you had gone from being six man to you were gonna jump in the starting lineup. Yeah, so I had like, so we yeah we practiced by ourselves and at the end of that practice we played one on one full court. And you beat, me. <laughs> you beat me. Yeah, handily, handily. If I remember <laughs> you, you like waved the white flag and and threw in the towel. Um, before we continue back on that sophomore year, um, which was a significant step. I mean, you ended up being sixth man of the year in the Atlantic Ten and regular season champion. I, I keep in my office here at Colgate um, a, a, a photo. Um, and it's, you know, there was an Instagram and the social media that exists today uh, back then during your freshman year. But this picture, you, you posted it on Instagram. Um, and, and I think it speaks to who you are as a person. Uh, and again, getting back to what I'm most proud about you, it's a, it's a picture of your team freshman year. And you have your warm-up on. I don't, I don't think you played in the game. Uh, Lavoie, Louis Goose, you know, they're they're holding the three fingers up because I think it was the third consecutive championship, Atlantic 10 regular season champs. And you wrote here on your Instagram, TBT, which means I think, th is that throwback? Yeah, Throw throwback Thursday. Throwback Thursday, okay. You all see my smile in this pic. It's fake crying emojis. I was heated. I didn't get any time. My whole freshman year was too young and immature to realize that I was part of something special and that those guys were just paving the way for me to have a great college career. As time goes by and as you mature, you realize it's never really about you. It's always about the team. Hashtag nobody remembers a loser. Uh, when did you gain that perspective on that time of your life? Like, was it immediately your sophomore year, or was it later when you were in, you know, Lavoie's chair as being like the leader in the best team, or or Brooks, Ryan Brooks is in that picture, and Louis Good, they're seniors. Was was that when you recognized it? Uh, 
I would say I recognized that probably like halfway through my sophomore year, maybe. Yeah. When it was just like that was, yeah, that's that's what it came down to. It wasn't really about me. It wasn't really about how many points I scored. It wasn't really about how many minutes I played. It was just about like what what my role was and like trying to do it the best and trying to make the team win. So kind of like kind of like put put like all the personal like stuff like to the back just for the better of the team and for the better of I mean eventually eventually like for the better of myself yeah and that that statement that Instagram post for me is one of the most significant things in in my coaching career that I've ever read to be honest with you uh why do you think you recognize that like what why did the light bulb go on in your mind like what what helped you realize that and and for me that's why your teams at temple were so special is is those groups you know they truly felt that way they did that whether it was you know mike eric or riley or jefferson whoever was a part of those groups they they genuinely believe that you know the team and the the group was the most important thing and if they had to make personal sacrifices they did it yeah uh well yeah that picture I mean, that picture, I must have, I was probably, probably like, I probably posted that like three years ago, maybe. I don't even know, maybe two years ago. I don't know. But it was, I, I just came across it and I saw my, and that that's just what came came to me. I saw my smile and I knew, <laughs> I knew, I knew exactly how I felt at that moment. Yeah. And I know exactly how I felt about it. But now. after the fact, like, what? why did you realize that that's, like, during your sophomore year? Like, why do you think, you know, it just, like, a light bulb went off or your people at home kind of helped deliver the message or you had to fight your people at home who were like, yo, you need to get buckets, you need to do this, you need to do that? Like, was it leadership from the, your teammates? Because as a coach, that's what we're all looking for is guys to have that mentality. But what helped you get there? Because you say you, you weren't there and then you eventually got there. So what do you think? What do you think was the reason that you you changed that that mentality, which ultimately allowed you to you know have the have tons of individual accolades? All right. Uh, well, for one, that's one thing that uh that uh well, that the coaches at Temple, like all of you guys, it was or Coach Johnson in particular, he was that was one of his things was never about you, it's about the team. So that I guess that 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 kind of it got through at one uh, eventually it got through. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, definitely, definitely not. I mean, it really was about just just growing up. I guess growing up and maturing and and listening and and really being for, about your teammates and about your coaches and about your your university. Yeah, it's a it's a great thing that you did, and uh, again, hopefully, there's some young people out there listening to this to uh, they can recognize because I think it's hard. I think it's hard for young people. It was it was hard in your time, and I think it's even harder now um, because there's so much attention on the individual and so many outlets for people to you know, take, take the focus off of the team and what a young person is experiencing, um, you know, in their world because of social media and because of, you know, constant news coverage and all, all the things that, that that young generation deals with. I, I think it's hard for them to maybe buy into, buy into what their coaches and, and what the veterans and the leadership of a team is talking about. Khalif, you were sixth man of the year on another really good team. Um, and, and then, you know, you became, uh, you grew into a leadership position, had a great junior season. Um, and then it's it's not secret, it's in the media, uh, it's in the news. I think you talked about it. You had to deal with uh, in your last year uh, in which you were uh, had an absolutely phenomenal season. Uh, you, there was another bump in the road, and you were, uh, you were arrested going into that last year, uh, had, a, had an incident in Atlantic City. Uh, that I'm sure n- nobody who loves you is proud of, um, but yet again, you you showed some versatility and some some tough-mindedness. And uh, can you share a little bit about that experience and maybe the aftermath of it, and um, you know some of the difficulties that you had? I'm sure in opposing arenas, you got heckled and harassed. Uh, but how how did you go about uh, dealing with that? You know, personal setback. Um, you know, how did you deal with it within your family, within your team? Um, 
you know, how do you feel like that helped shaped you uh, and your continued growth as a player and an individual? Uh, yeah, going into my senior year, my well, my yeah, June, going into my senior year, uh, that summer, my birthday, my twenty first birthday, I got arrested, and uh, and yeah, my whole like yeah, my family, it really showed like. It really showed how much people really cared about me that I, I knew that, I mean, that you, you think, you know they care about you, but moments like this really, really showed, like, like how my mom, how much my mom, how much my sister, how much my brother, how much they really, like, they care about me and they, they, they want to see me do good. Like, they really, like, they really took it, per- they really, like, they felt they were hurt by it. They were, but they stuck with me and they were always positive with me and, and they definitely helped my mindset because when it first happened, at first I'm thinking like it was the end of the world. I'm thinking like, I don't know, like immediately I'm thinking like I could lose my scholarship, I won't play my senior year and all those type of things that are going through my head. Right. Thankfully it didn't end up, it wasn't had nearly that bad as far as the repercussions on either side from like the school or from the, from, from legally. Mm-hmm. It was like hardly any, it was, there was, it was nothing really like, mm-hmm. so that was a that was a plus, but it definitely it definitely uh, my skin was already pretty thick, but it definitely it definitely gave me some some thick skin and it uh and some some extra motivation going into my senior year, and uh and yeah, my senior year was was it was great it was it was fun for me every every road game it was I was it was like I was getting killed by every every road arena and i i mean i kind of liked it it was like it was fun it was I always like playing on the road anyway yeah so it was like i don't know it was just it was just fun we were winning i was playing good uh yeah so it was it helped shape i mean it helped it was a part of my senior year that that arrest it was it was the beginning of my it was the beginning and it, my senior year ended with with a lot of wins and a lot of points and and a lot of great memories. On that note, and I agree. I mean, it, it seems like for every 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 positive thing that has happened to you over your career, there seems to have been a moment of failure or a moment of setback. And I think that, you know, all successful people in any walk of life, be it athletics or business or um anything you do you find you find those moments that are hard and the successful people persevere or grow from it and they don't allow that moment to defeat them uh it sounds to me like that that is something that you reflect back on and and took uh took a negative as cliche as it sounds and turned it into a positive of all the great memories of all the great experiences that your uh four years at temple uh can you reflect back and say that there was a favorite moment, um, a time, an experience, a memory that sticks out as, man, that, that cap, that captures everything that Temple meant to me in, uh, in that moment. Uh, there's a couple, but my favorite is, uh, it's a tie. My favorite is, is, is my, the tie between my junior year we got to play against the. Uh, we got to play against Duke at Wells Fargo, and growing up, I was a huge Duke fan, and that was always my dream school. And Coach K and like Jay Williams and JJ Redick and all those guys, like those are always my favorite teams. And we got a chance to play against them. My, well, we played against them my sophomore year too, and at, at Cameron Indoor, and I didn't play that well. Didn't really have that. Like, didn't play that good. And but going into my junior year, we've got a chance to play them again, and. Had a really good game and we beat them at Wells Fargo and that was that was like that was like a dream come true. Just really just just playing good on that stage and it was just fun. It was the crowd it was crazy and it was just a great experience. And then my senior year, at, we got I got a chance to play at Madison Square Garden for the first time and that was that was an experience just because it was Madison Square Garden and I always dreamed about playing there. I always told people I was going to play there. Then to go play there and actually have a good game and win, it was, that was, that was, yeah, that summed it up for me. 
Good stuff. Good stuff. So you you, you graduate your player of the year. You, you had a, a difficult loss against in Indiana in the NCAA tournament. Uh, they were a, a high seed in the in the second uh, second game of the tournament for you guys. Uh, and, and now your professional career is going to begin. Um, spend some time training. Um, you get a chance with the Philadelphia 76ers uh, before uh, heading overseas for uh, a number of successful campaigns. Uh, why don't you shed some light on, 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 one, what your your NBA experience is. I think there's not a player in the world who grows up who says, man, I don't want to play in the NBA. So uh, why don't you talk a little bit about that and then maybe what the overseas experience has been for you, both the, the basketball side of things but also the, the change of cultures. You know, really you were a guy who had never left the Philadelphia area uh, until that time. So uh, can you talk us talk a little bit about uh, what it's been like being a professional basketball player? Uh, yeah, so I, um, I go undrafted. Uh, the Sixers invite me to um, – they invite me to go to the summer league with them in Orlando. At the time, they had Coach uh, Coach Curry and Coach McKee were on the staff at that time for summer league. So I go to Orlando with, uh, with the Sixers, and I, I end up leading the summer league team in scoring down in Orlando. I like 14 points a game, something like that, 15 points a game. And uh, they invite me to veterans camp. And uh, this was Brett Brown's first year in Philly. Uh, Coach McKee and Coach Curry were no longer with the team anymore. Uh, so I got to go to training camp with, with, with the Sixers, and it was a great experience for me. I was I mean, I was in. I it was. I was in the NBA for what was it like? I guess like a month and two months almost, maybe. I don't know. I was training with the team and practicing and traveling. I actually got to take a trip to. We went to Manchester, England, and uh, Bilbao, Spain. Like with the Sixers, like they got the, it was the NBA over. Whatever, I don't know what it was called. Sure, but, the preseason when they go overseas to play games. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I got a chance to travel with the team over there and, you know, on the private jet and all that good stuff. Like it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was the NBA. Like it was really the NBA and it was like, it was experience for me. It was a eye opener for me. It was, uh, I mean, I, uh, it was like, a, it was a dream come true. And I played the whole preseason. And then uh, after the last preseason game, I got cut. And uh, they they wanted me to play in the um, they wanted me to play in the D League for the Delaware 87ers, but the next day after I got cut, I had got an offer in China. And uh, so yeah, that was like October 28th. I got an offer to play in China. I got cut on the 27th. I got an offer from China on the 28th, and on November 1st, I was in I was in China. Wow. So. Yeah, so China was the first time I ever really, I ever really left home for more than, for, more, for not for more than left that area for more than like a a week or two or or two weeks or three weeks or something like that. So that was my first time really even getting away. So that was a that was a, a an experience in itself. Just just going all the way over there and leaving everybody just at the at the snap of a finger. Uh, but that that experience actually started rough over there. Like I was like extremely homesick, wasn't eating. Like there was nothing. There was no food for me. I felt like over there, like it was just like a. But eventually, just got used to it. I got got a little more comfortable. Uh, ended up having a pretty good year in China. Came home, played in the, uh, the D League that year. Finished up my first my first year as a professional in the D League. And uh, that was a pretty cool experience. And uh, the, the next two years I played in Israel. I Well, the next three years, yeah. The last, the last three years I played in Israel. And uh, yeah, Israel is a great place. It's a great basketball country. Uh, it's, it's, it's great weather, great food. Uh, I mean, I, the last three years of, of, of basketball for me have been fun. I've been playing well. I've been getting better every year. 
yeah, I've been I've been learning a lot about the culture over there. I'm really just taking it all in, and and it's not even like I'm going away anymore. It's kind of like, kind of like now it's like I'm going back home when I'm going over there. I'm coming to visit when I'm coming home. So it's kind of switching. Good for you. I, I think it's interesting the way that you describe it. Again, it's it's there's another blip on the radar, or another you know another bump on the on the path. You you went to China and you said you felt like there was no food to eat. So like there was another hardship in your path, yet you persevered and you found a way uh, to have success. Khalif, and you're you're coming off an injury here, um, and and a pretty significant injury. And I I hope that this is again three or four years it seems every uh, you have one of these obstacles I hope that this is the next obstacle that you springboard and trampoline after this injury uh, that you know another couple years from now we're looking at it and we'll say yeah that injury um, you know took you to your next level which will be the highest level you've ever been at um, but I want to talk about you as a basketball player here for a second you know I, I use you as an example all the time uh, at, at camps when I speak uh, with my own team here um, because you, you don't actually have you ever dunked a basketball? <laughs> yeah, I've dunked a couple times. A couple times, but it's not like you're a high flyer. Uh, I don't remember you ever winning one sprint, uh, even when you tried hard. Like you're not the fastest guy in the world. Um, what I think you were able to master is the the thought that basketball is a game of deception. Um, you're able to get done what you want to get done by fooling the defense. Uh, you change speed so well. Uh, you uh, have a, a knack and an innate ability to get to the free throw line. Um, you're able to use the tools that you have um, to maximize your craft. Uh, I'm curious as to your perspective as to how that happens, because you neutralize guys who are quicker, guys who are faster, guys who are uh, stronger, guys who have less body percent, body fat, guys who have bigger muscles. Um, you, you've never been afraid of any of those of those things um, because you've been very comfortable with who you are. I, I'm curious as to your perspective on on the game and and what you're able to do uh, to continue to have so much success. Uh, I'm gonna credit uh, most of it to, to confidence and just to just. You know, just really understanding like what I'm trying to do, like as a basketball player, and like when I have the ball, and I mean, just I don't know, it's just I don't know, it's just I wouldn't even say like um, not that it's not a lot of hard work that goes into me being a great basketball, uh, being a, a good, great offensive basketball player, but it is a lot like a lot of instincts and a lot of just feel and and. And and just understand just understanding of the game, I guess, and really just just being confident in who I am, and just going out there and being being competitive. I guess that's how I try to get over the hump. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I think as you get older and uh, when your playing days are behind you, maybe you'll be more willing to share some of your secrets with the with the people out there. I, I understand that you don't want to give them all away. Um, we've spent a good time here talking about the past. Uh, I, I would like to talk a little bit about the future for you. Um, as you're recovering from this injury, as you're rehabbing, uh, as you've got your sights set on the future, uh, you've also uh, kind of focused on on another endeavor um can you share a little bit uh, i'll give you a chance to to plug uh marathon sport here uh, how that concept has come about uh what it is uh, how it affects your daily life right now how it's going to affect your future um you know obviously i think you you probably still believe that you have a, a number of good years left playing uh what what is the plan for Khalif Wyatt? You know, over the next uh, next few years, over the next decade, over over the next number of years. All right, so I'll just rewind to to this last season that I was just in. I was having the best season of my my professional career. I was averaging twenty points a game and 
my team was in first place in the in the whole entire league. And in February, I uh, I tore my ACL, and uh, I mean, this is my first time I've ever been injured. It's the first time I've ever uh, like missed a game due to injury uh, that I can that I remember. And uh, I don't know, just it, it was it's mentally at first it was like, man, like what am I going to do for the next for the next. Ten months to a year, and like, like it was hard at first. But then I just got busy. I just got busy, and uh, and along with rehab, I, I I started a business. I started. It's a sports apparel and training company. It's called Marathon Sport. And what Marathon Sport is, it just represents the marathon mindset, the marathon mindset that that I possess, and that that I want others to possess, and just. Understand that that life's a marathon, and that it's 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 not always easy, and it's not always not always pretty. But I mean, it goes on, and it's long, and there's going to be ups and there's going to be downs. So I feel like that mindset really, really, really represents me. So I made a business around it, and uh, and I'm having fun with it. I'm 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 growing through this time since I've been hurt. Seven uh, going on seven months. I had surgery February eighth. Uh, I've grown like like I've I feel better than I've ever felt like as a person. Uh, I, I weigh the least I've ever weighed as a as an adult. Like I'm two hundred pounds. <laughs> I wasn't gonna bring up your chubby tendencies, Khalif. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm uh I'm learning a lot. I'm a uh, I'm, I'm growing. I'm growing into this, this, you know, this this entrepreneur, this this man, this this like role model, like just trying to like really just keep growing, really, and just not not being afraid of, of the next step. And uh, yeah, like that's where I'm at right now. And for the future, future right now, I'm focused on getting healthy. My knee is. I'm seven. I'm going on seven months post surgery. My knees getting stronger. Uh, I feel good. Uh, um, I mean, I'm I'm excited to get back on the court. Like that, like, I'm I'm feeling like I want to get fouled. Like, that's that's the main that's the main thing I'm missing right now is that I can't play. I haven't played all summer, and I haven't been against anybody all summer or, or for the last seven months. So I haven't like I haven't got fouled in seven months. So that's like been like the that's what I'm itching for the most. And uh but yeah, this time I'm just I'm 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 having fun. I'm 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 growing my business, uh I'm having fun growing my business. It's a, it's sports apparel and training, so it's like it's right right up my alley. And uh I'm doing it with some close friends of mine, so it's uh it's actually it's it's a great time in my life right now. It's it's fun and it's a lot of work. It's a lot of time, and I'm just having fun with it, and I'm I'm taking on the challenge, really. To touch on this marathon concept, you know, like a marathon, there's there is a finish line, uh, and so I get the the my, the mindset of marathon because I I believe in that, and um, I, I live that too. Like I'm I'm going into year seven, uh, but I don't have an end goal. Like for me, it's it's not that I uh, you know aspire to be uh, Coach Dumphy or Coach Shashevsky or you know the, it's. Coach Beheim is up the road for me. Uh, for me, it is about what you just talked about, about like constantly trying to improve and get better and maximize the today while also, you know, having some some short and distant goals of, of how I am going to improve, how our program is going to improve, uh, not just in coaching, but in, you know, being a dad and a husband and and all those things. Is there an end goal for you? Um, you know, a lot of guys, it's the NBA as a player, uh, or, or, are, or where are you on that, on that marathon or on your marathon? Where, where are you? And is there a, a finish line? Um, no, I don't, I don't see a finish line. I really, yeah, the plan is really just to keep evolving, just right. keep growing. Um, from just from this conversation, just to see like where I'm at today, as far as just mentally and, and, and uh, just all all around, it's just it's just it's just yeah. I just want to keep 
evolving piece. And hopefully we have this conversation 10 years now and we're talking about, and we got 10 more years of stuff to talk about that I've been doing and that I've, how I've been involving, how I've been overcoming more, how I've failed more times within that 10 years and how I've overcome and how I've kept going. That's really just the plan for me, just to keep evolving and keep getting better and keep growing and keep taking on new challenges and and keep overcoming. Yeah, there's no doubt in my mind you will, Leaf, uh, and it's part of why I've, I, I asked you to be the first uh, the first former player that I had on this podcast. Uh, I, I think the work you're doing is great. Uh, I know there's a lot of people that care deeply about what you're doing and, and are, are, are in your corner every step of the way. I know you're going to get back healthy and, and have an even better year, and I, I believe, like we just talked about, that you know over the next three or four years you're going you're gonna to take another bump because of this injury. Um, and, and and excel. Uh, what you didn't touch on, and I, I want to make sure that everybody out there knows is, you know, so while you've started this business and what have you, you're also giving back. Um, you're you're trying to uh, impact and and certainly give other young people the opportunity that you had. Um, I've seen you know tons of pictures with you speaking at basketball camps, running your own basketball camps, uh, partnering with other people uh, to share through the game uh, what young people can do. And whether that's teaching them your craft or the footwork that you use or uh, the platform that you have, I, I think you're to be commended for taking the time and while you're focused on, on your growth and your development, also uh, sharing that with others uh, and, and making the community that you live in and the, the greater Philadelphia basketball community better um, by, by using your platform to do that. So I, I think that is commendable um, that you're doing that, and uh, it's certainly worth noting. Yeah, for sure. That's definitely, uh, yeah, it's definitely a big part of, uh, definitely a big part of, of me personally, and it's a big part of the company as well. It's just, it's really just reaching back into the community and really just to share my experiences and sharing my, sharing all the bumps in the road that I had, so that you know that they don't have to go through that, and they can hopefully make better decisions than I made, as far as just maturity and and and. And all that stuff, the earlier the better. Like, if I would have knew some of this stuff earlier, things could have been different. So hopefully, you know, people, the, the kids that I'm talking to and the, the the clinics that we're having and the, the camps that we're having and the, the shows, I mean, the, uh, the appearances that I'm making and stuff like that, um, I'm just going there just really trying to, like, just share my story and and hope that it helps somebody in the in the crowd, in the audience. Well, I know it will. Again, thank you uh, so much. Uh, your busy schedule, rehab, and your business trips, and everything that you're doing for for continuing to share. Uh, hopefully, there will be at least one person out there who benefits from from this conversation. Leaf, thanks so much. Can't wait till next time I get back and we can catch up. You can buy me lunch this time. All right. I got you. All right, Leaf. Thanks. Appreciate it. All right, cool. Fine. All right, thank you. See it. See it.